Hey, welcome to Know Your Gear QA number 168, uh, and I hope you guys had a great weekend, uh, or week, I should say week, we're going to have a great weekend, we just had a great week. I feel like this week was a weekend in the fact that it was super, super short. I, I don't think I got to about half the things I was supposed to do this week, it's probably the least productive week I've had in a long time, and it feels like I threw all the horsepower and effort I could behind it and still got nowhere. But we're going to start the stream with a couple cool things. First, if you're new to this live show every Friday, just keep in mind if you're watching live and you want to ask a question or start a subject, put a question mark first. That lets me know you're talking to me. Also, uh, whatever if you're watching the uh, whenever you're watching the rebroadcast, uh, I time uh, stamp all the subjects and, and questions we talk about, so you can go to that. And of course, if you just want to listen to this, you can stream it as a podcast on iTunes and uh, iHeartRadio and SoundCloud and all that other stuff. So there you go. Try that now. Now, to start with a couple things, this is uh, essentially my bir birthday weekend, and I want to tell you what I got myself for my birthday. Uh, it's behind me. It just came, it literally just came now. So, you, you, this is it. <laughs> so, what did I get? Well, I got a uh, limited edition Princeton, 68 Princeton, my favorite amp. As you guys know, anybody watching the channel for a long time know I love my 68 Princeton with a 10-inch speaker. They did a limited rush, uh, limited, they did a limited edition FSR run, Fender Special Run, I think of 40 of these. Now there's surf green ones out there and they're basically the same thing, but this is, uh, it's essentially, I think they're calling it turquoise, right? It's not Daphne blue. It's, I would say it's more seafoam green than surf green for sure, but it's even more turquoise than seafoam green so what is it it's just a 68 uh, princeton exactly like they sell every day of the week but with a special uh a special um uh, i'll say seafoam green turquoise uh, uh vinyl and a uh, beautiful wheat colored grill and a 12 inch speaker this has the 12 and not the 10 and it's a greenback celestian so I'm very curious about it. What was really interesting was, I think it fell victim to the NAM show, Summer NAM show. What I mean by that is, there was no mention of it out there in the, out there. It just seems like it was off the radar. I came across one on Reverb and, uh, it was awesome. It's $100 more than the standard one, which, I mean, the speaker is worth, you know, 100 bucks. And then having the cool custom color, it's got the FSR. Oh, I can spin it, let me show you. I don't know if you'll see it in this video, but it's got the cool limited edition badge on the back. You can see I haven't done anything. There's the greenback selection. I'm sure it's the, as I look, it doesn't say proudly. So I'm going to say it's made in China, not the English one, but uh, don't care. <laughs> Still a cool amp. I put it here so you guys could see it. I'm pretty stoked about it. I'm going to compare it to my uh, other Princeton and see what I think about it. It was really cool. And a uh, little side note, uh, I bought it from, I want to get this right, I want to say Eddie's Music. Please hold tight. Let me look. I have to go into my reverb uh, settings or reverb history under purchases. I was struggling with deciding if I was going to buy one for a little while, and then I did it. And... Oh man, it is Eddie's. Eddie's music. I'm going to try. I just want to get it right, guys. Hold on a second. Please, please keep in mind that I have to. I should have been prepared for this. I should have had it all ready to go, and I didn't. I'm not logged into my account. Let me go to it under purchases because I want to give them a shout out because they got it to me fast. I can't even find it. <laughs> oh! I know why. See, I followed my own advice. 
<laughs> I didn't buy off Reverb. Uh, so what happened was this uh, amp was on Reverb, uh, and I uh, did exactly what I told you guys to do last week, or said you could do. I shouldn't say I told you to do so, but I said you could do this. I went to uh, their website, and I bought it straight from them. Uh, so it's Eddie's Music. Um, let me, that's the, that's the, I'll put a link. How about that? I'll just put a link to their website. A uh, little cool little store. Bought it direct from them. Uh, they didn't have to pay any reverb fees. Not that that was the in- intent of the entire goal of that. But again, like I told you guys, you can save the mom and pop a little money if you buy it direct from them. And uh, also, uh, buying it direct, they didn't charge any shipping or sales tax. It just came straight. So it was a flat rate. I paid the flat uh, rate amount. So that was pretty cool too. Always nice to save a little money, especially on the shipping and stuff. Um, and uh, so very excited about that. Uh, so I thought I'd share that with you. I uh, hope this works out. I kind of bought it on a whim. Not a whim like I've been wanting one, but I've been a whim like uh, I'm not sure if it's going to work out the way I want. So I'm excited. Okay. Uh, I have some pin questions and uh, let's get to those. So let's talk about some actual stuff you probably want to talk about instead of my amp that I'm excited about. Hold on. Wait. Before we do that, I want to get to anyone talking about the amp questions, thoughts. Somebody said something about speaker, what I thought of the speaker. Um, all right, we'll just get to the first questions. Now I have some super chat questions. I will definitely get to them, but I want to get to the, some of the questions I pinned. As you guys know, I try to pin the first question or at least the first couple questions on the show. Since you guys come early and hang out before I'm here, I really appreciate you doing that. Uh, and the first one's from Derek and he says, Phil. Hey, Phil, love the channel. I have a PRS S2. S2 is for Stevensville 2. It's the American-made PRS, but it's the uh, the lower price line. It's one of my favorite of the lines. Uh, it says, uh, where, okay, so he's saying he's got a PRS S2 where the finish looks like it's bubbling. Uh, nothing is flaked off. Um, but I have read stories on the web about this. How concerned should I be? Now, this is one of those moments where I'm not into sports, but maybe I can identify with someone when their team just... Uh, drops the ball, literally, right? Uh, and uh, like I have friends that are into sports, of course, and they're like, you know, it's, they seem to get so much great joy for when the other team just really drops it, right? And messes up. Uh, this is one of those moments there. If you're not a PRS fan, you're going to love this, uh, uh, hearing this. Uh, so, you know, hey, you know, especially if you're a Gibson fan and you're sick of everyone bashing Gibson, there's a bash back for PRS for you. So, what you're talking about is this. Let me show you. Funny enough, I, let me, if I can get to it. Hold on. Excuse me, I have to pull one off the rack. This is one of my favorite guitars. This is my Paul Reed Smith, <laughs> with no trust rod as always, uh, cover. Uh, PRS S2, this is, it, it looks like it's black. It's actually a trans black finish, but you can't see it, it's too dark. And on this one, I don't know if it'll come up, but I have exactly what you're talking about. Um, I can't, I don't think, right there a little bit, you see that little white line right there? And then there's probably another one Hold on, let me find it right here. Oh, right there above my finger. See that milky little line right there above my finger? It's hard to see with this camera. Um, yes, so to answer your question, hold on, let me hang that back. To answer your question, yes, uh, PRS are known for the finish bubbling off or lifting off the, the guitar. Excuse me, I gotta drink water. I apologize. Um, Excuse me. Okay. Uh, So, yeah, it does happen. In fact, if you guys haven't heard, starting this year, all PRS guitars are now nitrocellulose lacquer. Uh, All of them. S2s, core. I mean, not the SEs, but anything made in the Stevensville factory. Um, I don't know the reasoning behind why 
that is the case. Uh, I am doing a podcast with uh, Jack, the COO of PRS next week, and I don't know when that'll be out to you guys, but I have questions, and we'll talk about that, I'm sure. I'm sure they'll come up with what the change is about. But yes, so in other words, what I'm telling you is there are known, even the cores for knowing for bubbling off. Um, and so to answer your question, should you be concerned? Yeah, you have to have that fixed, buddy. Um, it might be under warranty, so you might want to reach out to PRS. Uh, they fix it, if I recall, uh, they fix it by basically injecting probably super glue in it and gluing it back against the body, as silly as that is. Um, but yeah, it has to be fixed. It will eventually keep lifting and flake off. Not all PRSs do it, but some do. And it's been a, it's been an issue for a while now. And again, I'm not saying because of that issue, they're going to nitro lacquer. What I'm saying is they are going to nitro lacquer. So I don't think that problem is going to be an issue anymore but it's something in the past that I've experienced um, on a core guitar or two, especially what's really, what I've learned is mine is coming off because again, you can tell what happened was just the, the dry climate I live in, the probably what happened was the next shrank over time. I mean, this guitar I've had for five years or four years, four years, uh, and that just happened in the last probably six months. I'm sorry, guys, my throat is really going dry. <coughs> mm, Should have, uh, should have had a lozenge. Uh, so anyways, uh, what was I going to say? Um, back to the PRS issue. Uh, so you have to have it fixed because, like I said, it will continue to flake off or bubble and get worse. So you can have it fixed. The good news is you can have it fixed. And it should be under warranty for the most part. But, again, I can't guarantee that because I don't know if you bought it new, used when you had it. But either way, definitely get it addressed. All right. Let's go to the next one. <laughs> hope that kind of covers it. Uh, the next one is always rocking 2009. He says, anyone using the Line 6 Pod Go or a more GE250? I have a more GE250. I have a more GE300, and I now have in possession the new more GE300 Lite, which I'm most excited about. I don't know. Might have to get a lozenge. Hold on. <clears throat> My allergies have been killing me because uh, this is monsoon season. And for those of you guys who don't know, I'm in Arizona. This is when all the, we actually have moisture in the air now and there's stuff in the air. So, okay. So anyways, uh, back to the, uh, the uh, what was I saying? Oh yeah, the, the pod go. Uh, so I like the GE 300 way better than the 250, but there's such a price increase. That's crazy. I'm hoping that the 300 light's going to be really cool. I haven't tried it. Uh, really like the pod go. I've tried one and I really liked it. Uh, just recently played one a couple days ago and um, I really, really, really like it. And hold on a second. I'm going to have to get a lozenge. I'm sorry, guys. Hold on. All right, I'm back, and I have some of these um, Ricolas. <laughs> so, again, the show must go on. Sometimes you just got to work around stuff. Okay, so uh, back to PodGo. PodGo is really cool. If it was me, I would pick the PodGo over the GE250, but the the uh, the, I'm, the, uh, the jury's still out, out on the GE300 Lite. I'm really, 
really interested to see how they compare. Maybe that'd be a cool video to compare those two. I really wanted to compare the GE300 Lite by more against the Helix Stomp since they're almost in the price, same price point. Okay, next we have some super chats. Let's hit those and hope that I keep my voice. <laughs> All right, uh, next we have, first I should say, first, first super chat of the day comes from, I have no idea, Soy Dimitris, something. <laughs> he says, hey Phil, I'm debating where to buy uh, basically, he's debating if he should buy a Schecter C1 SLS. SLS means that it's the slimmer neck of the Schecter guitar. So Schecter guitars has, to me, has a C-shaped. Uh, it's like I'm gonna have all these weird she sounds as I have this lozenge. Anyways, uh, has a C-shaped uh, neck profile that I like. The SLS is uh, is a thinner neck. It's not thin like Ibanez, but definitely thin, very thin. He wants to know what do I think about the C1 SLS, which is the thin neck uh, Schecter Elite, or should he get the Char uh, Charvel Pro Mod DK24HH? Any thoughts and recommendations? Man, it's tough, man. Those are two guitars that I both really, really, really like. Um, to me, there's not a quality difference in those two guitars. Like I couldn't say like, oh yeah, definitely get this for the quality versus that. I think this is what's great about this, the two guitars you're picking. And, and to me, if I was in a shop trying these two guitars out, it would just be which one do I prefer the sound of and how it plays a little better. I will tell you this. Um, I'm trying to think. I, I think the Schecter has maybe just by a, maybe a thinner neck. But I mean, so you know, they're so close. They're about the same neck. Uh, the way the thickness, the thickness, both have thin necks. So I would say it, it depends on what, if you want to get something a little bit more modern versus a little something more traditional. The Char Charvel would be more traditional, old school, and the uh, Schecter would be more modern. It's tough. Both are very good guitars. I don't know which one to pick. I'm sure somebody's going to put comments in down below which one to do. Um, I don't know. I don't have an answer, man. I can tell you this. I don't think you can go wrong either way. Both two guitars I would definitely put in my some of my favorite instruments, especially for the price points. They're not inexpensive by any means, but I think they're way better than some of the competitors at much higher prices. All right, Bill says, Bill says, uh, what's the status of the guitar build-off project? Question mark, Texas Toast looks like they're bringing it. Nice amp. Uh, I haven't even opened it yet. I, I thought it was, uh, I think they said September, right? Like I said, I don't plan to try. I, my, my goal is not to put any more than two to three days into this as a project. Because again, it's, it's uh, you know, <laughs> it's a charity build, which I love to do. Because obviously I want to put some, uh, some money into Guitars for Vets uh, 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 pockets. Uh, but obviously, like I said, two to three days, I mean, that's tough. So it's basically like how I look at it is it's giving up one of my weekends, you know, so my weekends are my personal time. Giving up a weekend is something I, I don't have a problem obviously doing, but then it's like giving up another day of a work day. So, um, and in my world, there's no such thing as vacation or sick days. If I don't work, I don't get paid. And that's how it's been for almost two decades now. So, so uh, yeah, that's my plan. Uh, but like I said, I'll probably open it. I'll probably open the box. I don't know. I said maybe this week, but there was just no way. There was just no way. There, uh, in fact, there's no way next week either. Again, my schedule is almost entirely locked up next week. Um, so, uh, but definitely my plan is in August. 
to do it. Let's see, what else? Uh, and then like I said, I'll be releasing a video at the end when I'm done. So it's mine's just a one video where it'll be like a start to finish showing you everything I did from when I unboxed it to when I finished it, showing you where I'm at with that. Um, let's see, Sparkle Tune <laughs> official. Sparkle Tune official says, first time listener, happy birthday. Thank you, thank you very much. Do you think Fender will ever do a Strat Plus Deluxe and Ultra Lace sensors? No, no. So the question was, what, you know, do I, do I, do I, do I think? You're asking, do I think? Do I think Fender will ever just put lace sensors in anything again? No, don't think so. As far as I know, there's no bad blood between those two companies. I don't know if there is or isn't. I've never heard anything. But um, no, I think Fender has decided or did decide, I should say, at that some point to put their uh, R&D in their pickup development. You have to understand, a pickup is a very high margin product. Uh, it's it's one of the few like there's there's a couple couple things in our industry that literally demand high uh, margins uh, guitar cables right which cables are universal all cables have good margin for most industries you know but guitar cables you know are, are kind of cables uh, tuners have good margin you know what I mean you you know obviously. I can't you know speak to exactly what a tuner clip on tuner makes but I can imagine. Um, you know, it's a, it's a thing that probably costs like a buck or a buck and a half to make and eventually costs 20 bucks when it's done. There's just things like that. There's very few things that are like that in this industry. And um, guitar pickups are another thing that has a high margin when you look at it at material cost. Now, again, you could say R&D and development. Of course, one thing about R&D and development in this industry is there's always some kind of weird... Like, man, we spent 10 years developing this. I'm like, yeah, well, NASA spent 10 years getting to the moon. So I don't, you know, I'm, I mean, I don't know how to equate that to a cost. You you made a Strat copy. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how much we're supposed to, you know, understand what's the entire development cost of this. So I'm not saying there's not R&D cost. There is, and it, it, it's real. But what I'm saying is, uh, what I'm trying to get at is this, uh, is a lot cheaper to make your own pickups than use somebody else's pickups. If you're using anybody else's pickups, you have to pay, uh, obviously, their cost to make the pickup plus the margin they want to make. So you can really cut your margin down if you make your own pickups. What you're noticing, what I've noticed, what I've noticed in the last 15 years, and I could say 20, but we'll say 15. In the last 15 years in guitar manufacturing, the thing that I think I've noticed the most is if your instrument is, uh, if you're trying to promote or sell, if you're trying to sell your instrument, you put name brand components on it. So give an example of that is, you know, we see it all the time. There's an inexpensive guitar. It's a $300 guitar. Obviously, there's skepticism when you're talking about inexpensive $100, $200, $300 guitars. And some of you guys, I know when I say inexpensive, you understand I'm always talking comparatively to the other guitars, right? So uh, obviously, if there's guitars that are $3,000, $300 is on the on the lower end of the spectrum, $3,000 being on the higher spectrum, and then there's something in the middle. My point to this whole thing is, is that a lot of times to sell that guitar, you put name brand components like pickups in it, and that adds value to the sale. So if somebody goes, man... It's uh, it's $500 and it comes with Seymour Duncan pickups that that has value. However, to manufacturers that are selling guitars without that, in other words, they don't need you to go, hey, it's a Strat and it comes with Seymour Duncans. Fender doesn't need that. So Fender will just pretty much market their own pickups at this point is what I've noticed. Uh, 
gone are the days where you used to see a lot of aftermarket components on the Fender stuff. They just don't need it. You don't see uh, Gibson doing it either. Uh, you don't even see PRS doing it. And and you don't see Sir doing it. They're going to develop their own pickups. Again, it's not that their pickups that I, are not great. Some of them might actually be better than these aftermarket pickups. But what I'm saying is there was a time, and, and there still is a time, where guitar manufacturers will use uh, brand name pickups and components to sell the guitar. And in Fender's case, they don't need to, right? No one's buying a Fender guitar because it has lace pickups in it or Seymour Duncan's or DiMaggio's. That's not what was driving the sale price of Fender. Not to the average consumer. Again, if you're like, hey man, but I care. Well, that's you. We're talking about, again, we're going to talk about the bulk of the consumers. So I don't think it's ever going to happen. I don't think Fender will ever incur that cost uh, unless, of course, it's some kind of anniversary thing. What I'd like to see is... Yeah, the Strat Plus come back as a reissue with lay sensors. Fender, if they were to do that, my guess would be uh, maybe they'll do it as a limited edition run. See, I got a feeling that if Fender did it, they would probably uh, either do it as a limited edition custom shop run or a limited edition run, or they might do it as a made in Mexico production again so that it could be like $1,000 and have lay sensors, but it'd be made in Mexico, something like that. What I learned, and again, I apologize for my lozenge, uh, what I learned talking to a lot of these companies is it's a need thing. If they need to sell something, they'll do it. If they don't, they just you know, kind of do what they're going to do anyways. And Fender is never a, man, if we could just figure out how to sell more guitars next week, they sell guitars. Okay, I want to do a non-super chat or a couple non-super chats to see what you guys are talking about. Uh, there's basically almost 800 of us here. Um... Ah, Suspicious Scissors says, does anyone here wash strings? I wash my strings. Um, I do. Uh, I don't have it here. I was going to reach over to it, and my toolbox is not there. It's downstairs. Um, now I'm using the uh, the Music Nomad string thing that I used when I did the demonstration, all the Music Nomad stuff. It's a string cleaner. Uh, I use that. I was using uh, the Daddario one before that. And uh, I used to use uh, some of the other string cleaners. Here's why I use the string cleaners, believe it or not. And a lot of you guys know you can just use, you know, all kinds of other stuff to clean strings. But I use string cleaners, and there's a reason why. I don't like uh, the black, uh, I want to say soot. It's not soot. What is it? It's the micro, it's just all the metal flakes. So when you play strings, uh, sometimes it comes from the fretboard, sometimes. So when you're playing your guitar and your fingers are all, black and dirty sometimes that's from the rosewood fretboard um but a lot of times it's just from the strings so i make sure when i put new strings on the first thing i do is wipe them down now i don't clean my strings after that it's always the first uh, initial thing uh there's two things i don't do oh my god this is gonna suck because uh, i know half you guys are gonna be like great and the other half are just gonna react wrong to this but it's i got I, you know i try to be upfront about everything uh there's two things i do when it comes to strings one when I put on my strings, and I only use two brands of strings for the most part, I use uh, String Joy strings that I really like those guys, and I use their strings, and I use Daddario, uh, and I like those guys, and I like those strings. If you guys use different strings, I, it's not because I don't like other strings, I just, those are my two brands I like. Uh, I will wipe down those strings the first time I use them with a kind of string cleaner, and now I'm using, like I said, that Music Nomad stuff that I like. Um, however, <laughs> when I get guitars new, I always change the strings. And the reason is, is because whether the guitar is imported or it's an American guitar, uh, usually they're gonna use the cheapest strings they can. In fact, um, 
some of the biggest culprits that are actually Fender. And again, I'm a very pro Fender guy, right? I mean, I like Fender. So, uh, but being pro Fender doesn't mean I'm naive. So Fender, even though Fender has its own brand of strings that are made by Daddario. So if you ever see Fender strings now in the market, they're made uh, by Daddario. They don't actually put those on the American Strats and Telly. So if you get a brand new uh, Fender guitar right now, American made, uh, the strings on there are not uh, those those Daddario packs. I don't know what they are. Um, but I, but I basically just go ahead and assume they're going to use the cheapest strings. And I don't like to buy, I don't like to use really cheap strings that I don't know where they come from. And here's why it's, 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 uh, it's important because I got to tell you the reason, the psychological issue that happened to me. Um, I was once hanging out at the shop and some, uh, some family came in and brought in a SpongeBob SquarePants guitar, a little acoustic guitar that they got at like Walmart or Target. And uh, it's just, you know, Walmart to Target. And it has these um, little plastic like Tupperware lids that go over the tuning keys. Now, uh, they wanted a guitar restring, no big deal. And uh, <laughs> so I was like, okay, I'll restring the guitar. And basically, I, I could say this because he's no longer at Fender, but he was somebody important to Fender. <laughs> and he was standing there and I said, hey, you know, what, you know what? Did you see this? And he's like, what? And I said, yeah, these little caps that go over the tuning keys that stop you from poking your fingers on the tuning keys, you know, especially since the kid's guitar. You guys should do that. And he says, yeah, well, you know what that's for? And I said, yeah, it's so they don't poke their hands. And he goes, no, it's so they don't share drug needles with a third world country because no one knows where that guitar came from and what strings are on there and where it was made. And you know, obviously you don't want to do that. Now, I'm not saying that's true what he said. <laughs> he, he did say it. But what happened was it got me thinking like, yeah, I would really like to know, not that I'm really overly concerned with that. What I'm really concerned with is I'd like to know when I'm playing a guitar, where the hell the strings came from? Uh, what manufacturer? So it's a habit to me to do th two things is what I'm basically telling you. Change my strings when I first get a guitar and also uh, clean them the first time. So that's why I do that. I'm not suggesting you have to do that by any means, but I got to tell you the truth, which is what I do and why I do it. So I'm just telling you that because it's a it's a guitar channel and I'm sure you guys are curious. Um, he said that, I don't know if I ever really buy into that heavy, but it did really get me like weirded out thinking, yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? That is kind of weird. All right. By the way, I still think the Tupperware of the tuning keys is a great idea for kids. Uh, if you guys know what I'm talking about, maybe I'll put a link to one of those guitars on the index. Uh, next, we're going to go to Matt Wells. Oh, cool. Easy. Matt. <laughs> Matt Wells he says, hey, Phil, happy birthday. Thank you. Technically, I think my birthday is Monday. I should know that, right? It is Monday. Okay. Uh, it says, happy birthday. I've been wanting to uh, rebuy the TS9. We all know your pain, man. So he said rebuy, not buy. We all know the rebuy, right? Yep. Okay, so he wants to rebuy the TS9 I sold a while ago. Yep. Do you know if there's any difference sonically between the new and the vintage ones that would make going vintage worth it? I have, I have dove down the Tube Screamer rabbit hole at one point in my life, chasing for the elusive magical Tube Screamer that is somehow going to be more different than the others. What I can tell you is, for me, this is how that, that, that rabbit hole went. The more I went and checked out more Tube Screamers, the more I realized how amazing the magical, higher-priced magical ones were. Like, man, that's really good. And then at some point in that deep dive, you come back full circle to go, well, I guess I don't even care anymore. I have decided now, for some reason, I have about 
I'm looking at it. I don't have any up on the walls right now because they're probably on my boards. I have four, four or five tube screamers of different iterations, the 808, the TS9, uh, a Maxon version. I have the Ibanez version. I probably have somebody's version of it too. I don't even care anymore. <laughs> what I did was when you AB tube screamers, you go, oh, this one's better than that one for sure. But when you don't AB them and you plug one on, you don't go, oh, this sounds horrible. If I could just find a tube screamer, it doesn't sound like this. Uh, it's not that way. So what I'm basically saying is I don't worry about it. One of the things that I think about all the time that's really funny is this. When it comes to tube screamers, it's kind of funny. The TS9 by Ibanez is $99 new. I bought mine for 60 bucks or 65 bucks used at a guitar center uh, a couple years ago. TS9 News, $99 in its main Japan, uh, which is, you know, I don't know. It's good because it's where they used to make it. Uh, I had somebody come up to me just a couple months ago and saying, I got an actual tube screamer made in Japan. I'm like, they still make them in Japan. They go, no, they're made in China now. And I'm like, no, they're still made in Japan. Um, so that's good. Uh, if somebody in the comments is going to tell you that they have some magical uh, hand-wired tube screamer that's awesome, they're not wrong. They're not wrong. Um, and to be honest, uh, see, Bill Spruce just mentioned the JHS Bonsai. I had talked about this many, many months ago. Uh, and Bill, thank you for bringing that up. I had said this, and I should, see, that's why sometimes you got to think, hey, it's nice you guys have your, nice to have you guys in this conversation. Uh, I had mentioned that if I didn't have all these tube screamers, I would buy a JHS Bonsai. I, so there you go. That's my advice. I'd buy that pedal. That thing's perfect, <laughs> right? Get that. I can tell you right now, I might do it. I just don't feel a really, I don't really feel a compulsion to sell all my, my, my tube screamers to buy the JHS Bonsai. To me, it's more work than it's probably going to be worth. But uh, I, like I said, if I didn't have any tube screamers, I would definitely have the JHS Bonsai and call it a day. That's absolutely true. I, I, I know that for a fact. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, see, Highway to, Highway to Hell, <laughs> Highway to Hell, 96792. I don't know if that's the right 967. It's like a zip code, 96792. Says uh, Digitech Bad Monkey is better than uh, than that option. Yeah, of course, there's lots of great pedals. Um, and that's why I said it's it's tough. To me, uh, to me, my issue with the TS9 or TS808, either one, I really don't, I, to me, they're, I have both, and I just literally could care less which one I grab. Uh, a lot of times when I use them, uh, it's transcended over the years from just me liking them because I do like them to literally just going, okay, this will, the audience will relate when I do the video if I use this. You know what I mean? If I use some other weird brand thing I have, uh, they won't, they won't understand where the sound, what the sound is. They don't have a reference of it. So yeah, they're all good. They make so many, like I said, all the Tube Screamer copies. I mean, here, here's the thing. There are cheap $20 Tube Screamer copies that I think are fantastic. So, again, I'm going to continually apologize for my lozenge. But it worked. It did a good job. It did its job. All right. Um, music Therapy says, happy birthday. See, everybody's just going to say happy birthday. That's kind of cool. <laughs> says, uh, going to build you a custom... Wait. Going to build you a custom Soundtrap design guitar hanger for your beer caster soon. Hope you like leather. Oh no. Oh no. Uh, never want to, never want to end a sentence with, I hope you like leather. I don't know why. I just think that's not the best way to end any sentence, but I do appreciate that. It sounds really cool. I'm excited. That sounds cool. And I still like it, even though it says, hope you like leather. 
<laughs> Could you imagine? In any sentence you want, this weekend, for you guys watching the show wanting to have fun, in any sentence this weekend with, I hope you like leather. Hey, you want to go to Target? I hope you like leather. <laughs> Thinking about getting a Strat, I hope you like leather. I hope music therapy, you're having fun with this because I'm having fun with it too. I love it, man. I appreciate it. I'm curious. I don't know what you're talking about, but I'm curious about what you're talking about. Uh, Grumpy Mike. Hey, Grumpy Mike says, and why not? Uh, your birthday. Happy birthday to you. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate that. Usually it's kind of sucks. This birthday, I've been having a better birthday than normal birthdays because my wife's really into her birthday and I'm not into my birthday. And that's always worked out for us because you know, my birthday likes to, my, my, my wife likes to spend, have a birthday month. She likes to have a whole month for her birthday. She's very into it. My wife got uh, screwed over this year. Her birthday is in March. And, and in fact, so you know, the state of Arizona locked down on her birthday. The state of Arizona, March 13th, the state locked down for COVID on her birthday. So her birthday was a horrible month. In fact, so you know, her birthday was she went to Napa Valley in California on a wine tasting trip with her mom and her uh, her aunt and, and cousin and like a reunion. They hadn't seen each other in years and they went on this whole trip and then literally the state got shut down and they had to fly emergency home back and then her mom had to stay with us for quarantine for like two weeks. Um, because you know they were at the at, at, at so it was a horrible. It was like they were at the airport and all this stuff. And so I think my birthday has been a little more than normal, like more exciting, because my wife's been putting more effort into it. I think because, you know, kind of think we, you know, kind of I don't know. I think I get the dividend of it. I kind of feel guilty, but it's also kind of nice. Uh, BK, hey BK, how's it going? It says best PAF sounding pickup oh whoa no i i guessed and i was wrong he's saying best pf sounding single coil size humbucker for jazz blues Ooh, i tried a bunch would love to hear your opinion that is good because i have no idea none none <laughs> i have never really even thought to kind of put energy into that uh in the idea of trying out different single coils humbuckers that are sound like pafs um the i so i don't have a reference i've never done a comparison i everything anything i say right now would just be marketing things like oh the seymour duncan 59 or the dimargio you know what i mean so uh nothing i really when i think of the a good single coil paf though I think of the Lace Sensor Blue. I really like that pickup. I think that's supposed to be like a PAF kind of thing, if I recall. And I don't think it sounds like a PAF, but it's got that vibe. You know, it's got a vibe and it said that. So again, this is a very uneducated comment to that question. But I'm curious, you know, I have the the guitar, the Somnium guitar, the pickup, the neck pickup, uh, the video that was supposed to be next in the series, which was the best Tele neck pickup today. <laughs> which by the way was supposed to be a week ago now today the pickups are supposed to show up i mean a, i'm at the mercy of covid uh, i've been buying stuff and and just when stuff shows up it shows up man i just don't know what to do so if that pickup shows up today i'll probably start filming on monday um sparkle tune what's up sparkle tune says what do you think about gmp guitars i i uh, bought one for 600 that sounds like a really good deal i i so I may have physically touched one once. Uh, I think at some point CeCe DeVille was playing them, right? GMP guitars. That could be wrong. Um, does Ryan Roxy play one as well? Like a couple people play them. Uh, US made guitar. I bought, I bought it in... Wait. I bought in years... Oh. USA made guitar. 
I bought it in years. Any idea what pickups are in it? I don't. And what's the story is? Um, no. I know very little about them. Uh, uh, I thought they were a California uh, company. Could be. But interesting enough, I am working on some videos. You guys know I've been releasing a lot of these uh, list videos and it's important for me to get all the list videos out. If you guys notice, I've, I've already put out three. I have three more coming. You'll see them very quickly as they're coming out. And the reason is, is because uh, it's a video series that takes a lot of work, but it's a video series that I, uh, when you do video series uh, that, are, uh, that are fun and do well, You've noticed all of a sudden a lot of channels start doing them too, which is good because it's nice to see everybody's perspective on stuff. But I'm trying to get all these video series out before uh, I see other channels doing them too, which is which I'm fine with. But uh, you know, it gets it, it get, yours gets muddy down, so I'm trying to get those out first, and then I'll focus on other stuff. But I have some videos talking about some odd guitars, uh, and um, maybe GMP is one. I maybe GMP. I need to add that to the list because that is a brand that did they did cool finishes on their guitars that's what i remember cool finishes cool guitars i just don't know much about them um i'm gonna give this a shot evil rockin late evil rockinator evil rockinator i think i'm right on that one it says phil do you think the boss gt8 would sound as good as individual boss effects if used in a four cable setup with a marshall um I personally like uh, Boss's Cosm technology that they use. Uh, I don't remember if the GT8 is, I'm pretty sure the GT8 is Cosm technology. Um, what I mean by that is Boss, when they started doing the Cosm stuff, what they were doing, the way that Boss explained it to me was they're copying their own stuff. They're copying their pedals. And the argument being like, kind of like when Fender tries to make a multiprocessor unit and say, hey, who can copy us better than us? It's kind of that same logic. Um, yeah, that would make sense. I would imagine that, yeah, Boss is going to do it better than, than anyone else. Um, and let's be clear, a lot of people aren't going to copy Boss because although Boss is a huge entity, it's one of the biggest pedal makers in the world, if not the biggest. We all love him. We all have him. No one's really trying to emulate the Boss sound for the most part, uh, even though we like it. It's weird. But uh, that being said, uh, do I think it will sound as good as pedals? I think it's, it's as good. Yes. I like the way you said that. As good. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think you'd want for anything. I wouldn't play the Boss GT8 and be like, nah, this doesn't sound like their pedals. I think it does. Especially all the modulation stuff. It's really cool. To me, the, the Boss GT8 and those type of pedals for Boss, uh, those processor units, uh, their distortions are darn close to their pedals, but never exact. And it's probably because, it's, you know, maybe there's a little digital going on versus analog. I'm not sure. Some of you guys may chime in and say, no, the Boss GT8 is an analog unit with digital switching or whatever. But you understand what I mean by that. It's still not the same componentry in it. It's super close, man. It's very good pedal. Plus, that's a great pedal. I used to love my GT8. Um, I did, I had the GT6. I went to the GT8. The GT8 was my favorite. Literally, one of the only times I ever did this, I, I just sold the GT8 and bought a GT10 and then thought I was miserable. GT10 was fine, but it wasn't as good as a GT8 in my opinion. Still, say I think that way. And um, and then what happened was couldn't find a GT8 used after I sold mine. And uh, every once in a while I poked around and looked. You know who was using? You know what's funny was talk about a kick in the in the pants. I, I sold my GT8, got the GT10, wasn't excited about the GT10, really regretted uh, not having the GT8. Went and saw Nuno Bencourt play in concert with Extreme when they were they were doing the uh, first tour tour back as Extreme. Got some backstage passes, got to meet Nuno and talk to him and stuff. 
and on stage he was using a GT8 through a, 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 his Randall and a Marshall. And uh, his Randall blew that night twice. <laughs> I think he blew two of his Randall amps. And um, anyways, uh, but he was using that. And, uh, and that made it even worse for me because I was like, right, I love that thing. And now Nuno has one and he, you know, you know how you get like, man, why did I get rid of that thing? So don't get rid of your GT8 is what I'm saying. Okay. Uh, all right, let's do some non-penned things to talk about. What else do we got? Well, I, I drink water while I read. Hold on a second. A lot of happy birthday wishes. I appreciate that, guys. Like I said. Uh, Dale says, my birthday is the same day as his wife's. Happy birthday to your wife. Okay, what do we got? Oh, uh, Superjet113, uh, great question. It says, hey, Phil, what is the worst chord you hate to finger on your guitar? I don't like playing the C chord. You know, for me, uh, uh, it's probably because my hands are big. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big guy. Um, I'm six foot. I mean, it's, you know, not huge, but big guy. Uh, and my paws, these big paws, uh, I, I tell everybody, this is my issue with guitars. When people say, oh, I have small hands, it's so hard on guitar. I'm like, no, man. There, there's, there's two. It sucks both ways. If your fingers are really long, that's actually problematic too, um, because although Paul Gilbert's ginormous fingers can shred and he can do these spans on his fretboard that are great, but if you're watching when he makes chords, I mean, he's got to literally take his fingers. Let's try to put this in camera. Bring your fingers over and then like hook them down and bring them down like this. Versus some people are straight out or straight like this when they touch. So there's always problems. Me because of my hand size. Bar chords were always great. Any kind of, if you notice, I'll do a lot of bark, bark type chord uh, chords. Uh, C chords are great. My issue is always anytime the chords make me bunch up, and as I, obviously as I go up the neck, as the into the chords as I get close, uh, as the frets get closer, get a little weirder for me because I just kind of gotta have to squinch my fingers in weird positions, and I find a way to do it over the years. But that's the chords I hate the most, um, and. Uh, uh, and of course, you know, like a lot of, uh, players, uh, my age that started playing with power chords. I mean, I started power chords. That's, that's when I went to guitar lessons when I was a teenager, that was like, here's a power chord. And then you're like, oh, I don't need another lesson again. And you're like, oh, we are so dumb. I was so dumb. Anyways, uh, <laughs> but that's where you start. Right. And, uh, my point is, um, you know, you didn't learn any of the cool chords. <laughs> you learned, you learned your cowboy chords, your power chords, your pentatonics, right? Uh, you were either going to be a shredder. That's how it was. When I took lessons, it was like, you're going to be a shredder or, or you weren't going to be a shredder. I wasn't going to be a shredder. I wasn't into shredding guitar. At first, I thought I was because it was what everybody told me. My buddies were like, yeah, Yngwie. And I was like, deep down, I was like, I could appreciate that stuff. I love it. Obviously, there's a Steve I guitar behind me. Love Steve I. But let's be clear. If I could be any, think about how horrible this is. If you could, if somebody asked me like, Phil, if you could be any guitar player, it wouldn't be Vi or Halen. Um, it would be some goofy punk rock guy. Cause I just like that. I just like the, the whimsical kind of just playing power chords or playing music and doing that thing uh, and having fun. So uh, back to that. Uh, so the, a lot of the weird seventh chords, the ninth chords, uh, that stuff was always weird uh, for, you know, right for me at first, because I didn't learn that until about, five, 10 years after I start playing guitar is when you start, like somebody's like, hey, these are different chords too. And you're like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> Especially for me, I started on, uh, I started out 
very, very, very easily on guitar. I started very shortly, I should say, on guitar. Um, I, I ended up being a bass player. Like, what's the, the best saying ever? Every bass player is a failed guitar player. That's me. Uh, literally, I played guitar, and I was playing in band, doing the guitar thing. And then one day, a band needed a bass player. And, uh, you know, and I liked the band. And if you wanted to be in the band, they need a bass player. So I took and sold my... Um, no, actually, what I did was a smart. I borrowed a bass and I used. I had a PA, so I had two one, uh, two fifteen-inch speakers and a mixing board uh, and a power amp. And I brought it to their band rehearsal space and I plugged a bass into that, uh, a bass into the P in my little PA, which they thought was the weird. And then I played bass and we rocked out. At least I thought we rocked out. And then they said, you're hired. And I said, cool. And then I went back to my house. I got my guitar amp and my guitar, my my PA system. And that crap, uh, well, I had a crappy bass, so I don't think I borrowed it. I think I had a crappy little bass. And I uh, drove down to a music store and traded it all in for a bass and a bass amp. And that's how I become a bass player. And that's how easy that was. All right. So basically what i'm trying to say is i started playing guitar and then i immediately went to bass and then chords just wasn't a thing forever uh okay hold on a second let me go back to the other screen and refresh it maybe here we go sorry guys Let's see where we left off. We left off with Gentry James. Gentry James says, happy birthday from Indianapolis. 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 Why can't I say that? Indianapolis. Uh, the ship, right? I mean, obviously the famous ship that sank was it named after Indianapolis. Indianapolis says, I'm very interested in a Shiji guitar. This... <laughs> Everybody's just going to get me to do the shes and sounds. Uh, interested in a Shiji guitar. Yep. Uh, it says, after your last vid, any suggestions on where to purchase? Uh, yeah, the Shiji thing is a disaster right now. So let me tell you what's going on with that. Shiji and uh, I can't say the other company, but Moland is the guy who I deal with, uh, which is the was the distributor. Uh, they're not the distributor anymore. There's some kind of falling out between Shiji and Moland. And again, uh, th this is the important part. Uh, my, my understanding is that's all you got to know is that how everybody was getting Shiji guitars before is not how they're getting them now. Shiji is now going to sell direct or something like that. What I did is, uh, as a courtesy, is I updated the links to Shiji's website. Uh, what I can tell you is I've been talking to, uh, and I always liked Mo. I thought he was a super nice guy, uh, so you know, for the Shiji company. Um, the uh, I was very uh, very skeptical of Shiji guitars, so you know I think that's very fair. I think it's very, uh, you know, hey, let's be honest, man. It's uh, you know a lot of these Chinese made guitars. You're just like I don't know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, you're just like I don't know. So, uh, anyways, when they reached out, I was like, yeah, let's send one out. Let's see what happened. But I was really skeptical, and I have to say, I've really really come to like it, and. Um, and, uh, you know, and I have some really amazing guitars, so it says something because it really rates. But really, my big thing with Shiji, and I think I, I've said this in the videos, and that's probably what you're talking about uh, is that, that's motivate you, too, is uh, very clearly, so, you know, my my buddies that come over, they play that guitar, and they agree. They're like, man, it's really flawless. It's a fantastic instrument. So um, long story short, they're coming up with a telly is my understanding and i talked to them and they're interested in sending one for me to check out on the channel so hopefully i'll get to check that out and they're also trying to fix the distribution or whatever they're going to do with that so there is some kind of problem with that right now um 
So that's what I know. All I can tell you is, is I put a link to their actual website, and that's how I would communicate to them. You understand, this is a—they're an actual Chinese company. Okay, what I mean by that is they're—they're—they're—they're they're, they're not uh, like PRS has got that new uh, CE20 or CE Hollow Body Two, where that's made in Cortec in China. This is a Chinese-based company, so of course, um, you know they plagued with all the issues you're going to have, which is broken English. They, it's nighttime when it's daytime here, and all that stuff. And again, I know some of you guys have uh, feelings about that. Keep in mind, you know. Um, to me, there's a different there's a different issue with Chinese people and the Chinese government. Again, I'm not trying to be political. Please don't get upset. I'm not really preaching anything. Everybody do what they want. This is basically what I'm trying to say. Okay, I can't hide the truth. I own 90% American-made guitars. Obviously, that's how I feel about guitars. I like buying American guitars when I can. Right. I'm American. It has nothing to do with being American. Whatever your nationality is, I hope you have national pride. I hope you feel good about your country and you you want your country to do well. That being said, I know people get, seem to get real sensitive about this issue, but here's the deal. If you don't like Chinese guitars, don't buy them. That'll fix the problem. Don't. It's easy. Um, but back to the Sheezy thing. Uh, yeah, you just got to contact them directly or wait. See, I know it's really frustrating right now because a lot of you guys have been asking about that. How do you get a hold of those guitars? So... Uh, Armando. Hey, Armando. What's up? Said, just saying hi. I'll watch tomorrow. <laughs> All right. Uh, enjoy. Enjoy tomorrow. This is tomorrow, Armando. Now, when I'm talking, that looks like it's now. It was actually yesterday. Okay. The Apple Smasher. Your thoughts on used PRS Vela S2 versus Mira S2 and Mira Core and why? Okay. Great. Great. Good questions. Um, well, I'm partial. I like the Mira Core. I have two of them. Uh, can you see one? behind me nope it's out of frame it's over it's right on the other side of the guitar uh so i have two mirror core guitars what i like about the cores are i have the uh, pa- a pattern the regular and a pattern thin or wide thin whatever i have both necks on both mirrors uh i like that they're 24 frets on those guitars i like the way they feel uh feel but uh, more importantly i had them before s2s were in, even out so I couldn't say I would pick them over an S2. I'm just saying I picked them before there was S2s, and there's no reason for me to sell these and get S2s. So um, I like the Mira. It's my thing. It's uh, my favorite guitar. Absolutely. There's something about the shape. It's like an SG. I just like the way it feels. It feels really close to me. I really like it. It's thin. It plays good. It's got a nice tone to it. So my thoughts is... Uh, I like the Mira, so I'm partial. I like the cores. If it was me and I was going to buy one right now, uh, nothing wrong with the S2s, but I would find a used core because you can find deals on them. They're lacquer, which is nice, you know, because they got beat up and they look cool. Mine's all beat up because it's mine looks relic for real because it's relic for real. Um, and uh, you can get one for a song. I, I, you can find them for under a thousand bucks for an American-made PRS used is a really good deal for the Miras. And to be honest with you, whenever I'm I and I mean this, whenever I'm not talking about them, it's usually a good time to, to do it. Every time I seem to bring them up in any length uh when i go to look maybe uh, maybe i need another backup when i go and the prices shoot up to like 12 1400 and i think it's just because people start buying them because it's not because of me per se it's just obviously it's a guitar that's not talked about a lot so we're giving it some focus the vela is a great guitar i like that guitar as well uh different though to me it's a different animal so it's a different instrument but that's what i would pick i'd pick the mira i don't own a vela but that's another instrument from prs i'd like because it's very i'm very into the non-prs guitars i like pierce's i think i've said this before i like pierce's quality but i'm not really into the you know like i have a custom 24 but um it's not really my thing i mean i like it a lot but it's not my thing i like the mirror more i like things more stripped down less less exotic looking 
Uh, then we got, just so you know, DRB says, have you played an FGN uh, Les Paul style guitar? I have not. Only the Strats at this point. Uh, it's hard to find a review on them, by the way. I enjoyed your new $1,000 less video. Thank you, buddy. Uh, those videos are fun. They take way, they're funny. They're fun to make, so it doesn't really matter how long they take, but I think it's fun to learn that they take uh, probably about eight hours to make. Um, obviously, with all the pictures and the, the cuts, it takes two to three hours to edit that. It's no big deal. It only takes about 30, 40 minutes of me talking. So in, a, in the first one, I did three takes. That was, na that was nasty. The second one, I think I did one or two takes tops. Um, and then edited and stuff. Um, but uh, compiling the list takes a few hours. It does. It takes hours to do that list and then sort it through the categories. And a lot of people are asking me to talk about more about the particular categories in that list. And I, I plan to, I just really want to get to a, one or two more of these before I start talking about that. Um, just so I can make sure it's refined and I know exactly that's how I want to keep it. Uh, Scott says, I'm looking to go, wait, I'm looking to go all nickel on my Les Paul. Obviously, I keep the original parts. Do you have any Les Pauls that are all nickel? Do you notice uh, a difference in tone? Uh, no, not abs. Uh, well, yes and no. So hold on. Yes, I have a Les Paul with nickel parts, and no, I don't notice a difference in tone. <laughs> uh, yes, you can, but uh, notice is a tricky thing, right? Uh, I can notice if somebody moves the EQ setting on, a, on, on an EQ just a little teeny bit, but notice is a hard thing. Like I noticed them move it and now I hear a difference, but did I hear anything bad to good? No. On the nickel parts, although I, I understand the logic behind them, they, they really chalk, I chalk that up to, uh, yeah, if you're going to put parts on a guitar, maybe putting nickel parts is a cool idea, but I like nickel the way it looks. Let's just start there. I, I'm really not a flashy chrome guy. The nickel hardware looks to me more practical um so there you go there's on that um uh unfreaking believable says uh phil any thoughts on mad hatter wiring harness i really like their stuff uh i was on their website yesterday uh, <laughs> doing some stuff it's funny that you mentioned it and i was on their website yesterday um i plan to do a couple videos of their uh, uh, uh of their what do you call it? Kits, I guess. If you guys know what Mad Hatter is, they're local. They live where I live in Arizona. Mad Hatter is a company that makes all kinds of components that are truly solderless. So you can in install an entire, anything you want. So it's not like a preloaded thing. You can build a kit. So you can say, okay, I want two volume pots, a three-way switch, you know, blade switch, or I want a five-way blade switch, or a four-way, or a six-way blade switch. You can get, uh, you know, four pots or stack uh, push-pull pots or whatever you want and all of them come with these basically mini clip units that uh, basically it's wire uh, solderless so you can clip it all in now I want to point this out it's important when I started my channel I was very anti that kind of stuff and what I mean by that is because I'm like hey man I have a soldering iron I mean literally I have a soldering right here <laughs> I don't know why it's on my desk right now but I have a soldering on my desk right now so my point is uh, soldering it's not on so don't freak out anybody <laughs> <laughs> um, my point is, I used to be like, well, just usually use a soldering iron. However, he here's where I'm kind of coming around the bend. Somebody made a really interesting uh, 
uh, observation and a, a reviewer, and I told you guys this, hopefully you guys really believe this, as much as I probably influence you, because, you know, an influencer, uh, you guys influence me, and because uh, I listen to what you guys have to say. A lot of times, it's very interesting, the thoughts that you guys put out there. And uh, somebody made a comment about the RC world, uh, being the radio-controlled cars and radio-controlled airplanes, and basically they're on this clip system and why don't we go to that? And at first I was like, ah, oh, it's not a big deal. And the more I thought about it, I'm like, yeah, how easy would that be if we would just go to a, a, a solderless system for most of the guitars? So um, I really like what Matt Hatter's doing. Um, I like what Emerson are doing and uh, 920D is another company that does online stuff where they solder everything together for you. Um, that's really cool, but I really like what Matt Hatter's doing. I think he's on top of things. So uh, to answer your question, what do I think of them? I like the harnesses. I think they're cool. I'm going to buy some. Hold on. I'm drinking water. Or vodka. Whatever you guys probably think. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, and I, so literally this is not a – he's not reaching out to me. He's not asking me to review anything. Um, I just thought it would be cool to – since I'm doing the Somnium guitar thing and I've been talking about that interchanging thing, maybe this would be a thing to add on to that, talk about that stuff, uh, especially as some of the pickups are starting to show up. I actually have some pickups now. It's, uh, like I said, it's been interesting. Keep in mind, DiMarzio has been – DiMarzio pickups have been closed. They were closed for like almost three months. I mean, this is tough, man. This, is, this COVID thing has been a really interesting thing for parts companies. Plus, everybody's been at home doing projects. Good for you guys. Sucking up all the parts. It's great, but it's a little difficult when I'm trying to make videos with parts and every company's like, yeah, we're, we're, we're out. Uh, we have Scott. He's <laughs> How do I say Scott? Scott. Just kidding. Hey, Scott. Says, uh, I'm looking to... Oh, he already read Scott. See? Now go back to Matt. Matt says, Matt says, I'm suspicious of a guitar company's claim caramelized maple necks instead of roasted you know it's funny i have a good friend that literally just sent me that text a couple weeks ago and uh he was really he seemed really um irritatedly uh irritated with as well and he says coloring them instead of roasting them thoughts yes uh this is something that i think you're going to see i think this is something that we've seen uh everywhere remember i said once uh, bad ideas are infectious hey look i once saw i think i, <laughs> I gotta tell you the story when the gluten craze was at the all-time high uh, I remember walking by a, a, a stack of Coca-Cola products and it said gluten-free. And I remember just chuckling, right? Like a Coke is gluten-free. And I'm like, okay, you know what I mean? And of course, you know, like why would there be wheat in a Coca-Cola? But that wasn't the point. The point was like, that's how far it's going to go, right? Gluten-free soda pop. Um, so my point is, yeah, of course, uh, companies are going to get on the marketing trend fast. So I would be very skeptical of the things you're talking about. So yes, we know that uh, uh, roasted maple necks are a process where they're not just putting them in, heating them up in an oven. There's uh, something where they vacuum out the oxygen. Um, I've had talks about this and how it's done. I've even had some friends that are uh, 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 Tim at Atomic Guitars, which is a really good luthier that is a good friend and a good luthier uh, and a great shop. You guys have seen, I've mentioned Atomic Guitars before. Um, t t Tim had roasted a neck many years ago and showed me a neck. Before it was even a trend, he was doing it. Uh, not. I'm not saying he was doing it first, but he was doing it before the main manufacturers had done a trend and he was discussing the difficulties of doing it what i can tell you and i told you guys that i think i told you guys this i've bought i've owned now a bunch of guitars i bought a bunch of guitars that have these roasted maple necks and they're not all the same 
That is very true. There is something about them that is different that you can tell how different companies are doing it. It's different. So should you be uh, skeptical of using words like caramelized or roasted? Yeah, well, keep in mind, first of all, the most important thing is there's no real probably standardized uh, term for this other than uh, terrified, right? Terrified, terrified. What do you guys say? It's like terrified. Somebody's saying it. Somebody knows what I'm saying. I can't remember what they call it. But you understand what I'm saying. You just Google it. It'll come up. Say, what's a roasted maple neck called? And it's something like terrified or something. Um, and uh, basically, uh, it's, a, it's a term where they roast the neck and, co- of course, remove the oxygen. They're trying to get all the sugars and the moisture out of the neck. The importance of that is uh, this is probably where you would really want to talk to some – like John Sir would be probably an interesting candidate to talk about this um, and uh, – and, um, and see what's the difference. What I can tell you is this is where I'm not getting too caught up in it. And here's why I'm not. This is why I'm not. Yeah. Torrified. Thank you. Thank you. ER Webster. Um, what I will tell you, <laughs> I'm an old vintage said caramelized should taste good. I agree. What I will tell you is this. The reason why I'm not super caught up in it is the more they actually do the neck the correct way, the more they actually roast it and dark, you know, dark roast, like dark roasted coffee, the more they dark roast it, the more I don't like the neck. Um, my least favorite roasted neck is my really super crazy expensive, uh, Ibanez AZ, uh, the one that has the super roasting. I hate that neck. It, 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 it's a great quality neck. It's really stable, but it's so doesn't feel, or it doesn't sound and feel right to me. So I, I ended up liking the lesser expensive Indonesian one more. Um, and that's what I'm basically getting at. The guitars that don't seem to roast them as much. I tend to like them more. So, um, Super Jet says that eliminate fret sprout down the road. I think it can. Uh, it, it should, <laughs> but I, I, who knows? All right. <laughs> okay, we get on the weirdest subjects. Roasted. You guys now are talking about roasted barbecues. Uh, Matt Harrison says, "Do they feel dead?" You know, interesting way you say that because that's something I would ex- kind of explain it to. Yes, it's almost like there's no sustain in the neck anymore. Does it make sense? The notes are snappy. Remember what I talk about, uh, which is interesting because I've talked about carbon fiber necks, but carbon fiber necks, they always had really infinite sustain. You hit a note and it would hang around forever. However, it just wouldn't feel the same. Or, you know, I mean, feel like sonically, it didn't feel the same. And that's what I get when they really go crazy with these uh, these roasted necks. Um, uh uh, Wayne says, who had the best roasted terif- uh, torrified maple? I'm probably saying it, torrified, right? Torrified maple neck that you played. Oh, that's a great question. Who had the, the Shiji guy? And that's that's why I said it sucks. They, <laughs> It's a guitar. Dude, Shiji, look, that's a guitar that just, it's like a lot of brands on YouTube. You'd never heard of it. All of a sudden, YouTubers talking about it. It's all a YouTuber hype thing. And what I mean by that is that's, I understand the feeling of that, but I mean, I really like the guitar. It's really, it's really, really good guitar. Um, so you, so you know. Um, so that's probably my favorite of the roasted maple necks. Let me look around. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like what Kiesel's doing, but I, I don't even, I don't even think it's actually the companies that I like. I just like the way they did that neck. It feels really good. And then next up would probably be, believe it or not, it, uh, this um, Ibanez AZ, uh, Indonesian one. The, the premium, not the prestige. But I've heard people tell me that their premium uh, AZ neck is horrible. And I think I told you this uh, 
That particular I, Ibanez, that one right here, the one I'm pointing with my thumb, uh, which is my, I call it the candy corn, right? It's like tequila sunrise. That was sent to me by Ibanez, okay? This is probably important to mention, and it is important for me to mention, is I have four Ibanez AZs. I have no idea why. It's the dumbest thing ever. But I have four. I bought three. One I bought used, okay, on Reverb. Two I bought uh, new uh, and they, uh, from Ibanez, but I bought them. Okay, so I bought them. And uh, one Ibanez sent me to do a video, and then they left it behind. They said I could keep it. Um, and ironically, the best one is the one Ibanez sent me by far. And so what I will tell you is I don't know if they just like – maybe they went nuts and made sure they got a good review. I, I don't know because I've, I've, I've had people tell me theirs are okay. But, my, I mean, this thing is flawless. Like I play it, and I love it. It plays perfect. Everything about it is like I love. So uh, – there you go. And then the next runner-up is the one I bought used. <laughs> Brian says, four AZs, why not five? Phil is slacking. Well, you know why I have four AZs? Because I couldn't fall in love with any of them. Um, I got the first one, which is the red one. I really liked it. I did. But I kept thinking, like, this is the 22 fret with the single coils. And I was like, maybe I need the 24 with the, you know, you do the thing. And so I got the second one. And the second one I didn't like. Uh, that's the sunburst one. Uh, it's just something about it. I'm just not bonding with it. It's quality. Like my, it's one of those guitars and I, maybe you guys could relate to this. Okay. So here's, here's a great subject and it's a great subject to talk about on a live show. You ever had a guitar that's just perfect and you just don't like it and can't bond with it. And then you hand it to two or three different friends and they all tell you how amazing it is. That guitar, every one of my friends like, it's amazing. And I'm like, I don't like it at all. I don't, I just nothing. I mean, literally I pick it up. I can't find flaw with it. So then because I can't find a flaw or a fault with it, I can't fix it. I can't fix something that's not broken. It plays great. The action is perfect. The frets are immaculate. The, <laughs> the right, everything about it plays fantastic. The tone is fine. Okay. Uh, what I mean by fine is I'm not saying it's bad. It's not great. It's not bad. It's good. It's, it's, it's like, um, it's the most, vanilla guitar i've ever owned in my life it's just it's it's there's no complaints but there's no passion right i have no i'm just not feeling the guitar and i don't know what it is um now here's the funny part this is the funny part so so what led me down the road that i ended up going down was so i had that guitar that's the most expensive az they make the one I got. And, uh, and it was, it was, it was a good chunk of change, right? So it's an expensive guitar. So I got that one and I'm just not loving it. And then Ibanez reached out and we were talking and they were talking about guitars to send to do videos. And I said, well, I have the prestige. If you send a premium, that'd be a great way to do a video comparing the two. A lot of people are curious, you know, which one they should get. And I'll, I have no problem walking through the two and seeing which ones, you know, giving people just some thoughts on what they would like better. And I think in that video, I say that I end up liking the premium better, the one behind me. I don't know why I can't point to it that one, the, the, the Indonesian one. And so they sent the Indonesian one. And then that really set me down the ro road of hell of, okay, great. Now the inexpensive, now keep in mind when I say inexpensive, it's less than half the other one. So it's still expensive guitar. They're 1200 street. They're pricey, but half, right? Cause the other ones are like 20. Well, the, the crazy one is 27 street price. So it's, it's pricey guitar street price. So 
this is that issue that uh, we've talked about in the past where you buy like a $3,000 PRS and then you buy a $700 SE and the SE is better. You know what I mean? Better being you like it more and you're conflicted because you're like, hey, man, I spent all this money. I should be getting a dividend, right? I should be more excited about the guitar that costs more money. And so that's what really set that afire. And so I ended up deciding of the three AZs, the premium was my favorite. And uh, so I go, well, maybe I'll sell the other two AZs. And then I thought, oh, I don't know, I kind of kind of don't like that. So then I found a used one. I got the used one. That one was a really good deal. That was a great opportunity. It was definitely, I bought the AZ. The one I bought, uh, the Seafoam Green, I just bought it because what I paid for it, I could flip it for that in a minute. Uh, in a minute, you got, anyone would buy it off me for what I paid for it. Uh, and uh, I go, okay, so it's just, I'll try it. And I liked it better than the other two AZs, the first two. Uh, and I still don't like it as much as the premium that I have. So, so that's a, that's that hopefully you guys, maybe that helps you guys. Cause I find sometimes when I talk about stuff like that, a lot of you guys really chime in with either, uh, you know, maybe you feel good cause you realize that I must have it way worse than you and my sickness in my head of guitar <laughs> guitars. And you're like, Oh good. I'm not as ba- bad off as that crazy guy. But a lot of you were like, Oh yeah, I've had that problem. And now it's cool to hear somebody say that. Yeah. So that's what happened. So if I could do it all back again, obviously I wouldn't have bought any of the AZs. And if Ibanez would have sent me that, I would have just kept that one and be called a day. So that's that's it. Out of the four, I, and, and so you know, long term, uh, well not even long term. I'm only going to keep maximum of two of the AZs of the four, and maybe just the one. I have no intention to keep the uh, the other two. Um, which, on a side note, uh, and then it will go next subject. Just I'd share with you one of the uh, issues are two of the issues that I'm conflicted with is the two AZs I bought. One I bought and I played at the Rockin' One Thousand, so I played in front of twenty six thousand people that night. You know, we played the the what fifteen songs or eighteen songs in front of twenty six thousand people, and it was a great night. And I played that guitar the whole night, so kind of like feels like oh I should keep that guitar because I did that event with it. But I'm never gonna play the guitar. It's been in its case, and as you guys know, I don't usually do that. It's been in its case ever since. Uh, and the other guitar. Uh, was great because i got to meet polyphia and um and do a video with them and they're really cool guys and i really liked uh that experience and that guitar was a, a memento of that so these two guitars have memories with me and that's another problem you guys will understand sometimes your guitars have memories you know what i mean cool cool moments but you get the idea uh uh, Dan Ray says, I have the Seafoam Premium AZ and it's the best guitar I've ever played. Yeah, played two Sirs in my life. Yeah, I, I remember when I did this. I Think about this. You know I like the Premium because here's what's funny. I did the video where I compared the Premium to the Charvel, which is right here, the Made Mexico Charvel uh, DK24. And I think I said in that video, uh, which was where I still feel, is the DK24, in my opinion, was a better quality guitar. Had better components, better features. I thought the pickups were better, uh, just better. But I like the AZ more. That AZ, uh, I would, I would, I like that guitar a lot. All right. Okay. So that's how we're in this. All right, guys. Thank you. We made it. Now my voice is back. This whole time I've been struggling to keep a voice, and now it's back. Uh, <laughs> So, all right. Uh, I hope you guys have a fantastic weekend. I plan to have a fantastic weekend. I will definitely do a video of my uh, Princeton, new Princeton, and comparing it to the old one and telling you guys what I think about those two. Um, and then uh, uh, and uh, somebody's asking me about my settings in the Spark. I will make sure to discuss that when I do the comparison video with the Yamaha and what I use and how I set it up. And as always, guys, I want to thank you guys so much for hanging out with me. Uh, and I put some cool links down below. I talked about the uh, the virtual event with Tyler Larson. Please check that out. You guys coming up in August, if you guys want to do that, it's very cool. And as always, thank you so much for your time. Till the next time, I guess I'll say uh, know your gear. <laughs>